0: From the studios of Sirius XM West, boasting an obstructed view of the world-famous Hollywood sign, this is The Tully Show. I am your host, Mike Tully. Joining me today, Christopher Titus, an enduringly popular comedian who recently released his seventh stand-up special on DVD entitled... Born with a defect. He is also the host of the Titus Report podcast and has a new movie out soon called Special Unit.
1: Hello, hey man, that's good. That's a killer opening. Uh, they, you're really good at it. On top of that, it's funny, it's interesting. And what was it? Was that was that like there was a, a gig you did? because like yeah. like 13 people clapping and they got. I don't know his last name. I've worked that club. <laughs> that was the belly room at the comedy store. Yeah, this is... it's just where I go. I've actually been even the echo. I'm like I know that room.
0: Let me ask you about about that because. I've been doing stand-up for uh, a, a little over a year. Oh, I want to just hug you. And, <laughs> and I'm pretty bad at it.
1: Yeah, you should be anybody who go anybody who gets off stage after a year and goes I kicked ass. Yeah. You just want, you want to go come here, come here. You you yes you did yes you <laughs> did do good didn't you? Stand up is one of those things that you um and 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 you don't believe it. You don't when people tell you what it's like. You, 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 they go I'm doing stand up. I had a killer set. So my first set I killed my very first set at the Punchline in San Francisco. I destroyed the room. I feel like. A lot of very popular
0: comedians tell the story that they killed the first time, yep. and then they started bombing.
1: Yeah, oh, but yeah. But
0: do you think there is something to that? Are there I didn't start comedians? bombing I
1: instantly. It was instant. The next set, I tanked it. The next three sets, I tanked it. I've
0: heard the same story, the exact same story from, um, I can't think of her name, another period...
1: Uh, she's got a
0: TV show.
1: Oh, currently TV show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. On Comedy uh, Central. Uh, uh, Lee Remini. Uh, Nikki Glazer uh, No. Sarah Silverman. Uh, oh, we, uh, we can move on. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ding, ding, ding. I missed it. I'm going to look it up. Keep talking. All right. Uh, and so uh, so what happens is that it's all stage time. Natasha Legere. L- L- Legere, yeah yeah. yeah. yeah, Natasha, she had to find, you know, she's, a, she, Natasha she, did something that's pretty ballsy. Natasha did something where she picked a specific character. Right. And then, then worked it. Mm-hmm. And there's two, th- there's two, there's upside and downside to that. The upside is, it's so easily identifiable the downside is you lock yourself into something Mm -hmm. so uh, Goldthwait you know when I started comedy I got to work with Goldthwait San Francisco San Francisco I was really lucky I was an East Bay kid, and San Francisco had this amazing scene. Like, you could literally—San Francisco, there was a guy named Bob Rubin, who was out of his mind. There's all these crazy—Dexter uh, um, Madison uh, it was, it was just th- these characters. And Goldthwait had this thing at the other cafe. Other cafe was this small club on a corner, all windows all the way around the corner. And Bob, Goldthwait used to say it was a people aquarium because basically the stage, your, your, your back was to the windows. So, you were basically just a target for the crazy people that lived in the lower Haight Ashbury, right you, you were a monkey for them. basically pretty much so you'd go to the show and, and watch it and goldthwaite that was when Goldwaite had just come in from Boston was the hottest thing in san francisco and goldwaite is in the great thing about Goldwaite, and I love Bob uh even his movies, everything he does because he would he did that character a lot of guys will pick a character but not have the material to back it up goldwaite's material. You could, I could have said it, and it would have been funny. You know what I mean? It, it, the jokes were solid on their own, and right? He, it wasn't, he wasn't leaning on the shtick, and, and, and it, then it, he topped it with that screaming character. Well, what happened was, is he got locked into that mm-hmm. to the point where it, it, I think even to, he would say, yeah, it was a little bit, a little bit, you know, it took him down a little bit. At one point, people just got tired of the screaming, I guess. And, you know, and, and he now on stage, he 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 does it for like thirty seconds, and then he stops doing it. Um, so, so I'm I think, sure he got tired of it as well. Yeah. So characters are are are, are tough. I love what Robin's my favorite guy because Robin would do 50 characters within the show and he never got locked into something, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, mm-hmm. you know he, he, without Robin Williams, I never would have started comedy.
0: Well, it's it's hard to know when you set out where you're going to wind up. That's a, a, something I've heard said about music before, is if you're going to make it as a music artist, you're going to be very successful. You're going to have a distinctive sound. Right. It's kind of the same thing. But having once you find a sound, there's no way of knowing are there one and a half albums worth of good songs in that sound, or are there twelve albums? You know, when the Red Hot Chili Peppers were first, bum, 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 yeah. had no way of Ding-y,
1: knowing. Bum, Actually, we can write the same song a hundred <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. times, and people will keep and on coming back still, for more. And I, well, you know, I, I agree with that. I years ago, man, I saw I saw Lily Tomlin do Signs of Intelligent Life in the Universe in San Francisco, and this when she was still workshopping it. She had like literally had notes on stage. Mm-hmm. And um, my manager at the time um, made me go watch it by myself. So I'm in this room watching Lily Tomlin. Lily Tomlin, at one point she's doing four characters at one time. And I realized, oh, wow, I need to quit this. I need to go be, become a welder, put cones on the freeway. This is not what I'm to do. Because she was actually doing four specific characters, yeah. having an argument on stage. And I'm like, okay, all right, is that where I need to go? Because right now I just talked about my left nut. I did a bit about my left testicle. Yeah, And uh, and, I'm an I'm a, and I think I'm a genius. Yeah, right, exactly. I did a bit <laughs> of how weird it is to wake up in the morning and... The, Tiles are cold And my shower's got two settings Arctic and lava It was lame And I watched her do that And I walked out of that room Just thinking okay There's a, there's Comedy's great Because comedy There is There's only eight notes If you're a musician You know and There's a million ways To put them together Comedy man You can really There's a billion things to do And it's, still It's, be it's funny. a terrifyingly blank canvas <laughs> In a way <laughs> That's the best way I've ever heard it, Yeah And when you don't have one And you can't come up With an idea That's the most terrifying part So my, I've done seven shows now I'm on my eighth My eighth is called America Really? And it's all about the new what, What's really Going on, and I think you know Carlin. And here's what happened: People keep asking me, Titus, how the hell did you do seven ninety-minute specials? I said, Well, because Carlin did fourteen specials and twenty-one albums. How come you're not? You know, how come you? <laughs> <Right. laughs> how come you're not? It's, it could be done. Yeah. Well, but I mean. You know it's weird comics get this thing and there's some guys on the road that that um, and I've watched them do it I did it I did it for at the beginning once I got my I got a certain act I did the same act for 6 years and then I realized you start to get I call it growing a tumor on your soul where you're just like oh wow as as you're on stage doing the bit that kills you start to hate the bit that kills because you realize you're just going through you're basically just a chinese factory where they're slapping another another chip into an iPhone at right, one point right. you've stopped becoming creative you stops doing something new and you're like Ka-ching. And that's why people throw themselves off balconies in Chinese factories. So I'm on a stage somewhere and I'm like, man, I hate all these people. I'm gonna do the same crap I just did. Hey, Nixon the Nixon was a bad president. Whatever I'm doing, that's that's old. <laughs> and so uh, what I did was I just tossed it. I just I got I I, I had a bunch of I was I, for the first twelve years I was a shitty comic. Let's just be honest. Oh shit! I was just doing surface stuff, really, really high energy. My hair was I had this weird part on my hair, and I would use my my the flip. It looked like a big wave. I'd use that as a punchline indicator. I was I was horrible. Yeah, wow. yeah. I mean you have to you have to face that what your bad side is to mm-hmm. get rid of it. Right. And uh, and then I did um, I was going to quit comedy. I was actually I'm done. I'm quitting comedy. The Lily was, Tomlin night or was I, no that, no that, no that was no. I was was a long time ago, I, I just decided that I'd done it for 12 years, I was headlining clubs already, um, you know, making the barely the money you can make, doing headlining, and then I, I just said, I'm going to quit, I don't like doing this anymore. And I took a course called the Landmark Forum, which is used to be S years ago, and I really got that... The form I have, like comedy really is the last bastion of free speech in America. And even that's not. I mean, I just have uh, this new show America. Really, I had four people go off on me in New York about, about I'm doing this political stuff. I hear
0: and, many comedians saying that there's never been less free speech in comedy than there is now. because my language,
1: would fuck them. Yeah, here's what I, by, by the way, bring it. You want to come to the comedy club? Do you want to argue with me? Here's the thing about comics. Most comics to be to make people laugh, like the best comics. David Tell, has has he writes jokes that I, I'm shocked at. I'm like, how the hell do you make that hard of a right turn and make it work? You know, he's inspiring. Patton's the same way. I watch, I listen to Patton. I'm like, you know, I'll go listen. Well, I've said this before. I will go back and listen to Werewolves and Lollipops just to remind myself how how to, the, that words are important. The right word is so important. Same with Carlin. I will go back to Carlin and go listen to Modern Man or something like this. And there's certain bits of Carlin's you just they're masterpieces. You go, well, none of are ever going to write something right, like that. But it's a homing signal. Yeah, yeah. You do have to You do have to lock down your base and you know, and find out why well, I have to get back to it because you can get off of it. It's easy to get on the road. Look, man, audiences will buy bullshit all day long. There's a lot of guys that make a lot of money. Audiences buying bullshit and you, you have to decide... Because I could do that, I could really do that if I wanted to. I could. I this new show, American, really is a bit challenging. It's about the election, about oh, who we became as a country. And uh, in New York, I had I had two nights where, like, had two people, I had two people yell at me one night, and, and two guys yell at me the other night, and started going, you know, <laughs> they said you're being rude to our president, and I just, I, I dropped my head on the stool, and I said I'm being rude, and I just started listing everything he had done, and the audience started going batshit nuts, um, and. and the thing, the worst thing a comic can do is puss out and not stick to his guns. That's the worst thing. If you that audience is an animal and they will chew you. If you if you show fear, if you show that you don't have, you can't bring the heat. Okay, you, you, okay, one guy, one guy, one year, one year in, guy. Yes, listen, mm-hmm. if you have spent all that time to write a bit, right, and you believe in it, I do. And the second you back off uh-huh. and you let them have the power. You might as well just put the mic back in the stand and walk uh-huh. off. Just so you quit. feel like you you're, you're, you're lion taming. You're lying. Yeah, exactly. And and the thing is, once they know they have any power, look. If the lion knows he can bite you in the neck, he's gonna bite you in the neck. Mm-hmm. You know, but if he thinks he's gonna get whipped in the eye, he's not gonna do it. So, how do you know when that is starting to turn? This is the only. Uh, this is strictly for me. I'm just, have you had it happen yet? Have you had the audience turn on you?
0: Uh, I had one pretty bad show. I did not get heckled, but I just got ignored and spoken <laughs> that weird, over. That
1: weird silence where it just, no, just
0: <laughs> no no no. Oh, the weird silence is where I live, Chris <laughs> That's, weird, that that's your, a good that hook. Is that your hook? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I live in the most peaceful silent. comedy. <laughs> yeah,
1: <'cause> you will <laughs> never. Yeah, <laughs> the Zen master of silence. <laughs>
0: No, I did a show in uh, in Ontario, and it was like my third or fourth show, and I was on a bill with people who I would argue is sour grapes to an extent, but I would argue were doing the dumb stuff that they couldn't even possibly find funny that did pander to mon- right. monkey people, right? Yeah, yeah. So I am not sure. I think I would have to be an absolute black belt at my thing to have gone over in that room. So I'm not saying it can't you're be done. What
1: they were doing. They were basically throwing feces at the audience, like monkey. Basically, basically, in com- comedically throwing feces. Is what they I were heard. Doing.
0: Somebody say backstage, <laughs> and this is a direct quote, this is an awesome crowd. You can just yell faggot and everybody will cheer. Wow. And I was like, wow. I don't think they're gonna like my World War Two yeah. jokes. I turned the side and
1: I said, Really? <laughs> Jerry. <laughs> just go faggot. It. Jerry! Be, just go faggot. It. It's gonna be amazing. Jerry, hey, you're, 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 you're better than they're, this. they are hysterical. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, so when how how so what do you
1: so what do you what is wh- wh- your style though like you know
0: well um, I'm I'm a bit area aerodrunk do you walk on stage with a chardonnay hello I did make a wine joke this last time that did not go over
1: too well in La Jolla <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> La Jolla would work Ontario not so much yeah uh, so here's what I would say to you yeah don't if you if any comic that tries to figure out what they want imagine that how do you figure out what they want if every night it's 300 fifteen different combinations of of the billions of human beings on the planet. Mm-hmm. If you spend any if you spend a nickel of fucking time trying to figure out what the audience wants, you're just an idiot. Mm-hmm. You shouldn't be doing comedy. Go go get a substitute teaching job and do that. Do the, I didn't I I didn't become funny. I did comedy for 12 years. I made a living at it for a while, for 8 of those 12. I didn't become funny until I decided to do what I wanted to do. When I wrote Norman Rockwell's bleeding um, and it was about my mom's suicide and my dad's alcoholism. One of the first bits I wrote that was over the top was called "Anti Dad," where my dad was this anti superhero that would just—he just—he you know, he, his power was to be bring negativity to any situation. <laughs> and uh, and he and I started doing these bits, and 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 that's when everything changed. That's when. And and there were some clubs that didn't dig it. I started. I threw it. I'm an angry guy. I'm kind of an angry guy. They drive over here. Literally, I almost got out of the car at valet and punched some guy. Said something as he went by valet. And I went to his window. Go what? I'm I'm not the guy. Yeah. Well, the traffic on Miracle Mile oh, these days is God. Is, this LA is LA's getting bad. Yeah. So uh, so what I what I learned and and so the second I said screw it, I don't care what they think. I don't care. I'm doing this. Um, that's when everything changed because all of a sudden. They didn't sit back and go, "Okay, what's he going to do?" They mm-hmm. were like, "Oh, he, oh, he he doesn't care what we think." See, that's I think I've got that bit
0: figured out. Yeah, but I, I sensed that already. <laughs> just because I know what I'm, what I want to do, doesn't mean I'm necessarily doing it. Those are two different things. I believe it's, that it's, it's, I, it's scary. I've told, yeah, I've told single friends. There's that thing about why do, uh, okay, a woman can tell if a man hasn't had sex in a long time. Yes, they can. They use that right, but what they, they but, it. But, but what they can't tell. Is the caliber of woman that you had sex with? Because if you just had sex with an atrocious woman, you still have this kind of easy swagger. Yeah, I, that's true. I, I find right. So, I, I, I tell my friends, you, you have to. It's like a Matthew McConaughey thing. You have to have this this essence that you're giving out. That I'm a one man party. And if anybody wants to get in on this, you're more than welcome. Yeah. But but if not, that's fine. I'm doing great over here all by myself. Yeah. And once you can really internalize that and not be faking that, but really be putting that out there, I think women will be attracted to that. And I feel like there's a similar thing in comedy. Exactly. If I can go up there and entertain myself, then people... Enough people will follow.
1: They want to join the party, right? Right. So there's another level beyond that where— Oh, uh, God. No, yeah, no, no you get. it. But you're in. You're not going to have it. And people say—my uh, my wife's a comedian, and she started seven years ago, and she's—she kept asking me at the beginning, just give me the key. Because I have—now, I've got like 30 years in now. I started when I was a kid. It's staggering. You know, and, and, uh, and she goes, give me the key, and I am go, stage time. No, no, no. Tell me what to do. Stage time. Tell me what to do. And I, I would help her with little things. To, don't do this. Don't do that. Little—you can tune it. But until you get enough stage time where you know that that is your domain to the point where nobody can fuck with you. I was in New York this week, and uh, and I did—we had—have you been—have you done, a, like, a couple shows at the same place? I haven't done that yet. Okay. So every weekend, I always call it the weird show. There's one show that's weird, and there's different levels of weird. That was my La Jolla show. Yeah, there's the weird show where you're like, like no matter what—you like watch the comics in front of you tank, mm-hmm. and you like, oh, my God, that guy—I've seen that guy. I saw that guy get a standing O, and he just tanked it. Yeah, two hours ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> (laughs)
0: Exactly. Before the show started, everyone's like, man, this weekend's been amazing. I guess this one's going to be the shit one, huh? And I
1: was like, oh, glad I just got to town. Yeah. And it was. And (laughs) And it it absolutely was. So that's what happened Saturday second show this week. And, uh, and, and... And like all that stuff, it's easy. Uh, it's easy to, when you are killing. It's easy. It's easy. You just do the next joke. Mm-hmm. When you are not killing, all of a sudden you, you have to have enough stage time to understand how that it's not. It's not you. It's them. If you've done five hundred shows where you killed, and you have this one weird one, and you start to panic that it's you, it's not. It's them. Like we had this weird show, and I call. And what I do is I just call them on it. I just start going, go. and what I say is this. You, you kind of did I said, listen, I'm driving the bus tonight. You guys got a choice. Stand on the curb or get on, but I'm leaving. <laughs> and, and and they're like, oh, shit, he doesn't care. And let them, I, so when it's that bad, I let them know, I really, guys, I've done, this is what I do. Right. We have your money. Mm-hmm. Sit there and quiet if you want, but yeah. we're leaving right now. I got now. more tour dates yeah, on I got, yeah, Titus. Exactly, com. Those, I got my, those I, are still going to happen. It was the last show. I told him, I said, I got paid between shows. We're good. I go, <laughs> I,
0: do what you will.
1: Yeah, uh, and I think the best comics have that. Louis C K has that, where he doesn't. You can just tell he doesn't. He doesn't, he, doesn't, he he doesn't care. He just he, he's going to do what he's going to do. It doesn't matter what he says. Yeah, and uh, and I, I think that you have to develop that. And pandering comics will work too, but but there's something missing. I always told that the audience is like this is. The audience knows when you're lying, you you they'll laugh, but they there's something they won't let go. If you're being dead honest with them, you will kill. They will lean in, they will love you, they will give you a standing ovation if you're dead honest with them. Um, and I think I, I've tried to work on that a lot. I try like even this new stuff that I'm doing about that about the, this last uh, the election and stuff. It's like I'm trying to be really honest about it. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that's all that, that's that's I, I young buck. I would tell you this, yeah, honesty. Don't try to figure them out. Write exactly what you think, exactly how you think it, and yeah. then do jokes about that.
0: Do you? Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, do you feel like it is necessary? To, I feel like the old guy. I feel like, I feel like let me
1: tell you. Like, I'm, mm, yeah. Comedy you will do. You hang
0: around long <laughs> enough, and I guess everybody becomes the old the old guy, right? <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, do, is it necessary to bear your soul to the point of discomfort to make great comedy because honesty is one thing, but mm. you can tell, um, you can tell nothing but the truth and still not tell the whole truth. Mm. Like if you are in a, um, a, uh, a bad marriage, right? but you don't like feel like doing jokes about how your wife sucks. Cause that might believe it or not make things weird when you go back to your fucking life.
1: Right. Never... You could,
0: you could, ma- I'm sure you can't relate. You could make jokes about, us going to the grocery store together and
1: gloss over the fact that you guys aren't getting along. But that's say- what I mean. But that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. If it's in your heart to say it, you got to say it because that's w- there's that's where the audience will disconnect from you and you'll be like, you, the, you give them something but they're like, they, they'll they'll and they'll laugh. Let's say their top level's a, a 10. They'll give you an eight and a half. Mm-hmm. But they won't give you that last little bit that puts you over the top. That right. gives you gets you a TV show. The Norman Rockwell, because I was so dead honest and so raw with it, Fox came down and it was a night we did it at the Hudson Theater here in L.A., and I I spent the last eighty five hundred bucks I had on this theater for, and we were only doing Mondays and Tuesdays because the only way I could pay the bills was to go on the road on the weekends, and so we had I had the last eighty five hundred bucks. I think I rented it for four weeks, Mondays and Tuesdays, and the night I got Titus, there was sixteen people in the audience. It wasn't I didn't it wasn't a theater show where I destroyed it was it was it was sixteen people. And there happened to be three executives from Fox. They said, "You won't believe what this guy's doing." And then I got this killer review and drama log, and like, and you never know what the pieces are going to do. And then I got my TV show. went for three years, and then I, I argued with the network president, and the show got canceled. <laughs> easy come, easy go. I just want to wrap it up. I just want to. I want to just finish the <laughs> circle. May the circle be unbroken. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and so, if you if you're not dead honest, I'll tell you something that happened recently. So I stopped drinking. When I was seventeen because I fell into a bonfire. You know, and every we all fuck up. That's a and, sign. Yeah, it's a sign, right? Yeah, I, I call it a one-step program. <laughs> you want to you want to stop AA meetings? Just give one, go to one meeting, push mm-hmm. that guy into yeah. a fire, and it's over. They will <laughs> never drink again. AA takes a while. Fireworks quick. And then I met my uh, my new wife uh, after my old wife. Um, and, uh, and and she, I was 41 at the time, and she said, Hey, she goes, she, I just said, I don't drink. She goes, You don't drink. She goes, She goes, why? And I told her about the bonfire, and she goes, Well, aren't you a grown man now? You know, and I was like, you Right, know, you could revisit this yeah, theoretically. Yeah, she, she goes, You're a grown man and I said, Yeah, I guess you're right. So, you know, for a while, I, I got into Pinot Noir, and I started drinking, got into some really 18 year, 20 year scotches. And then it's been a while, and, and this, was hap- this happened like three weeks ago. I had three glasses of wine, and my wife gave me a Benadryl. And at 4 a.m. in the morning, I peed into my pajama drawer. And I, that's it. There's another it's time sign. for you to stop but again. I didn't burn myself, which is wisdom. So I'm older. <laughs> and this it's... is the, that's the old man version of falling into fire. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It really is. <laughs> and someone else said, dude, you have a pajama drawer. And I thought, oh my God, I'm Jimmy Stewart. No. Yeah. 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 I paid all over everything. You <laughs> yeah, say. Oh, yeah. yeah. The, the handkerchiefs, the spats, <laughs> took them all out. <laughs> all <this> exactly. <laughs> all my dickies are all in there. It's horrible. So you are. Um, spats. Nice reference. So thank you very much. Got to give that up.
0: So you, uh, you, you you did dig deep and talk about your upbringing, which is insane. I mean, objectively Fair, yeah, objectively yeah. speaking, you had a crazy childhood. I dated a girl who had a somewhat similar because the sex is amazing. <laughs> I don't know if wow, she listens. Wow. You just, you just <laughs> smiled, and your face got bright red.
1: Yes, because crazy women who have had who had daddy issues are insane in
0: bed. Turns and- out, when your mom and your dad are really into smack and your grandmother abducts you and changes your name and moves you around
1: the country yes. to stay one step ahead of them. You will wear heels all the time, and, and that's all you will wear. Yes. I don't yes. know why that is, Christopher Titus. I don't make the rules. And then, I know, me either. I just know, I've just been there. Yeah. And, and then what happens is that, then all of a sudden that's your girlfriend, and you move her in, and then the needle gets changed. The, the station gets changed to crazy town, and that, that's, that's what happened with me. I had a, I had a girlfriend who used to randomly punch me in the face. She would just punch me. we get in start, argument, start, wham, punch me in the face. And then she was like, come on, hit me. Oh, <laughs> yeah. you seem like a guy who could be goaded into that. I can see her angle. Here's what, I never hit her. Here's what happened. I, I, but I believe you. I, I did a bit about it in Norma Rockwell. Um, basically, she was, she 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 kept punching me. We came back from the beach, and she would just punch me. And it was a good day. We had like one of the, pray had that perfect day, mm-hmm. and you don't know how it spun out? Like, what the, what just happened? And uh, and I was putting this bookcase together, and she just walks out. I'm in the middle of putting, and I put my books on these for Stephen King First Edition, she goes, she goes, uh, why the hell are you, where, where the hell are my books? And she was like a tech, she was just really smart, like really, she was working for the tech community. And I said, well, you have those tech manuals. And she goes, yeah, because you, uh, your friends are too stupid to read my books. That's how it started. And I was like, what is wrong? And I said, you know what, that's it, I'm leaving. Because we had fights like this all the time. I said, you know what, You ever that it was it was this, I just, that was it, I'm done, you pulled the switch, we're over, I'm over. And a guy stood up, she punched me in the face, and I went to the phone. I called 911. She hung up the phone and punched me in the face again. I dialed 911. I hung oh, up the phone. Did she put her finger on the yeah, thing and I, then punch you with the other one? That is hot. Right? And then she did it again. And uh, and she and, and they did like 911 and I'm like and I was like it was I called them so many times, I was like, let me talk to Rick. <laughs> and they and she hung up the phone again, and then uh, and then she punched me again. And I and the joke I used to do on stage where they go, and I don't think any man should Ever punch a woman until the f- uh, ever hit a woman until the fifth time she's punched him in the face and I slapped her open handed and I regret it because it wasn't as hard as I could have. <laughs> She'd I'm, already punched me five times. Nobody's listening. It's just you and me talking. Right now. Here's I, I back you. Oh, you can get the bit. You can go to my website and even see the bit. And she actually does it. She goes, oh, "You hit me," and it was like this. Oh, yeah. I, and I mm-hmm. like, oh yeah. yeah, and I was like, oh, shit, and I've never been more frightened in my life than this five-foot-one woman who I just slapped her because she kept punching me, and she was like, oh, yeah, the, the joy that she got out of me slapping her, and I, I left that day. I later left that day. I packed what I could in my car, and I left that day. Well, actually, I take that back. She called the cops, spent a night in, in Van Nuys Jail, mm-hmm. uh, and, which is the scariest night of my life. I'm, I'm wearing white pants. I've got white pants on. I'm tan. I've got a print shirt on. I've got boat shoes on, no socks, and I'm just in this this jail cell in Van Eyes. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, Thurston Howell. The joke I do. I'm very grabs. Hello. What are you in for? (laughs) Yes. Oh my God. That's horrible. I believe the gendarmes have actually uh, miscalculated what they've done. So. Here's what happens. Uh, I'm, it's about 3 a.m. in the morning. I'm I'm, I'm shaken. I don't know what's going on. I, I am honestly literally raw meat in this in this jail. And this dude walks in. But I ever told this story on? There's the, the bits on stage. I, the, you can get the bit in. It's in. It's in. Um, it's in Norman Rockwell's bleeding. This dude walks in in a jumpsuit, like a, like a jumper, like a jumpsuit, like a zip up jumpsuit. White. It's pretty stylish, except it's covered in blood mm. from his right shoulder all the way across his stomach to his left hip. And he walks in, and he's jovial. The guy walks in, and he goes, how you doing? And I'm like, oh, <laughs> shit. And he's got some sort of accent. I'm the whitest guy. He, look at me. I'm the whitest guy in the world. And he he goes, I go, hey. And uh, and so we we. I don't sleep. He goes to sleep on the top. I just goes to sleep. I wake up the next morning, and they bring the food. The food in jail is the worst food ever. I only the only night I ever spent in jail. By the way, yeah,
0: I was in Santa. I was actually in the Santa Barbara holding cell with a guy who looked almost exactly like you. Yeah, it it's really, really funny. It really, I remember the next day. Of course,
1: and, Santa Barbara. Of
0: course, the next day, me and my buddy were walking Bro, man, down the street. It was really pumping today, man. Dana
1: Point was killing it, man. What's he up? looked.
0: He looked like a cross between you and uh, <laughs> and and the guy. One of the one of the Sonic
1: guys. You know, that's the white you and him and that cell is the whitest jail cell on the planet. Earth. Well, we
0: we're the only we were the only ones, and we were walking down the street the next day, and he was talking to somebody on a payphone. Wow! And he saw us, and he goes, "Oh, hey, hold on a second. There's some guys I was just in jail <laughs> last night, and he takes the phone <laughs> and he puts it on top of the the payphone container and has a little chat with us to catch
1: up about what's so been going on. man. No, I was, I was in a cell with these guys last night. I'll call you right back. So this guy walks in and get next morning we are eating these horrible reasons. I couldn't eat it. It smelled so bad. I said, "I said, do you want this?" I figure make f- friends with the big guy, with the blood smeared guy. Yeah, yeah. You know that's you want. You want to make you want. You want to be on that guy's good side. So it's I, a power move, right? And uh, so he goes. I go, "Hey man, what happened to you?" And, and he goes, "Oh, you won't believe it, man. Last night, he goes, I was dancing with my girl. This guy looked at her, so I put him through a phone booth. You know how old this was because we had phone booths at the time. He said, I put him through a phone booth." Huh? and i was like <laughs> so my my girlfriend comes my punching girlfriend picks me up that day and she 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 takes me out to the and she signs the papers and we get in the car and she goes she goes uh we're gonna go home we're gonna talk this out and and, and uh we're gonna work this out and i i, I we we're at a stoplight and i on on um sherman away and i got out and i stood i got out of the car and i stood on the island where the, where the thing is and i went nope <laughs> and I went home, grabbed my car, and I left. Well, how, how did you end up incarcerated? She she alerted the authorities. No, no, uh, yeah, she called after after she, she. It's funny things. They showed up, and I was I was like my face was all like red and stuff. And she didn't have any more. I slapped her. She didn't. And she, and I, and it was one of those. Stop it! It was like literally like <laughs> yeah. And she and the cops picked me up and. Uh, she go she actually said that she said uh they showed up and and the cops said we had a call domestic violence and she and she goes uh she goes he hit me and, and I go, and I go, which always works with the LAPD. She hit me first, which always—that's always—go to the third grade, right. go to the third grade, yard lady, uh, schoolyard g- logic, yeah, 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 exactly. Um, and the cops goes, all right, and, and there's a law, which is a great law. There's a domestic violence law. They have to arrest you. And this, by the way, this is twenty, this is eighty-eight, so this is twenty this is a long time ago, and they have to arrest you if they, if they someone says if. You, by the way, learn this. Mm-hmm. That's why when you're dating crazy women, be careful because. If the, if you never did anything, yeah, the door opens with the cops. She says, "He hit me. You're going to jail. That's it. Doesn't well, matter. That, well, that settles it. I'm no longer striking my wife. Yeah, there. See, stop that. Yeah. Um, so here's what said. This happens. has been a wake up call. I'm glad we're having so this the conversation. Co- the cops go. Uh, they start to put the cuffs on me. She goes, "Oh, you're on. I'm sorry, officers. I'm kidding. He didn't touch me." And the cop goes, "Well, you said it. We have to." T-. And I was like, "No, no, no! I, I, hit her. Get me out of here! I hit her. Let's go, let's go. Get me out! Please cuff me. Put me in the car right now. Let's yeah. go, let's go, let's go, let's go." I wanted to get away from her. It, that was a bad. That was that was probably my worst relationship.
0: Why are human I, beings wired so we're like
1: um, we're the dumbest animal on the planet? Well, no, I just no, no. Listen, I no. I, I, okay, oh, no. Well, okay. I, I, I mean, at the beginning, we're the only animal. That has to be programmed 100 every other animal has instinct dolphin swims for its first breath deer walks an hour but a human child needs two adults to run it for five years so it doesn't choke on a cheerio well, I
0: mean, more than five really Yeah, yeah more, true. I mean f- true. five true. to I've, be five
1: I've... five to be feral yeah <laughs> but yeah. 15
0: at least to be to be and, and, and to be like a productive member of human society I have a which, which every deer that's born is a productive member of deer society Excellent. so I think that ought to be the bar yeah to be a productive member of society you need for the most part part, Part 2. Good. Two years
1: in, a Parents. beaver can build a dam. It's doing yeah. construction. Two right. years in, you wouldn't. Yeah. You, you're, you're pooping yourself. It's not. See, I don't, I, how did we get the keys to the planet? That's what I keep saying. Right, but
0: why are we? We're like a sports car. I remember my wife used to have a sports car, and like the 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 headlight would be out, and that meant that you had to replace the steering wheel because it was all wired together get... in a way that just made maybe it made sense to German people, but it didn't make any sense. <laughs> now that you had an English car, if that's t- if that's me, how it
1: worked, that was an English car,
0: and. And all we're you know, we are told, behavioral scientists will tell us we are just here to perpetuate the species. Mm-hmm. That's why people are so prone to disease once they get past a certain age. Once you're past your childbearing um uh, age, which for man obviously is uh, infinite, but once you're pa- past your prime, uh, child rearing uh, years, your body doesn't really protect you from disease no. anymore because no. it doesn't see any need to because your body was just the the vessel to by which the species were you were basically
1: uh, yeah you're you're you're, you're basically a, the Titanic for sperm that's all you are you were just supposed right. to inject and yes. then, then after after you're done with that you just you, you basically hit the phys- uh, physiological iceberg and mm-hmm. it's over so we are that are you telling yeah, me yeah right exactly because I'm aware now thanks I'm, man I'm, Nice I'm job.
0: hot on your heels Christopher Titus <laughs> and and uh, but we we uh we we don't need to be as complicated as we are to dominate the planet and perpetuate the species what is it I mean, how many layers does this onion have? Where there's a woman who can be struck in the face by her romantic partner, and to experience five emotions at the same time, at, at least a- two of which are positive. Yeah,
1: standing in front of Van Nuys PD, she did it. She yeah. like she went through all of that in Van Nuys, and just be clear, she punched me repeatedly. Punched me. Like and so, uh, we stood there, and and uh, they t- they took me in, and I was and I was la- and here's I freaked the cops out because once they got me in the car, I started laughing. And they go, why are you laughing? I go because she punched me repeatedly. She hit me. I go, you guys need to understand. I called you. Listen to the nine one one thing. I called you in the. Remember, phone I, t- I remember Rick. I talked to yeah, Rick. Rick, yeah, yeah. you go, Rick. Yeah, we'll talk to Rick whenever. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, dudes, thanks for getting me out of there. And they were just like looking in the, rear. the cops, the driver looking in the You're like, wow, we've never had a guy thank us for getting him out of the situation. So I uh love that you're I love that you've drugged me through the one incident in my life mm-hmm. where where there where everything was like, probably one of the darkest. Well, I've had a lot of dark moments. I'm not the darkest, not even close. Actually, it's in the top it's not even the top 10.
0: Right. Yeah, we're probably just going to edit this down to the woman beating. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Just take the pieces and then I hit her. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, you're gonna look bad when when all said and done. Thank here. you, thank you. So you do like? Uh, are you offended if I say that your stand-up strikes me? It, it's got an element of almost like a TED talk to it. You're almost like a you have <laughs> the, the, the vibe of a of a yes. motivational speaker, <laughs> uh, even I mean, if you're not
1: motivating people. I will t- uh, you know, here's the you thing. have a
0: point, is what I'm saying.
1: I, I've never, I've never. Uh, once I saw Lily Tomlin do that bit, and there's a couple comics that I watched do complete shows. When I wrote Norman Rockwell. The problem I have with comics taking on one man shows is a lot of guys forget they because they took on a one man show. I'm doing a one man show. They forget to write punchlines. All of a sudden, it becomes about being in their closet and their dad locked them in, and their mom used to beat them. And, and there's no. And by the way, I want to. As I said in one of my special, I want to hear your pain. Just put it in joke form. You know, give me, give the. It's not my job to make the audience be. I can do it for a second, like when I did Fifth Annual in the world tour after because I had a kid 16 days before 9 11, and the world got on fire. I, I, in that special, I actually had a sound effect of planes crashing into the World Trade Center because we watched it. I was holding my baby while it was happening, uh, the second second tower. And so that was – so I think you can take the audience there for a second, but you can't leave them there, man. You can't. Just leave them with that holy shit. You just can't leave them there. Yeah, and so I always you have to write punchlines. You have to write just as many, if not more, punchlines mm-hmm. with a darker show than you would with just a blah 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 show. Right. You know what I mean? But you do have a you, TED talk. So all right, let's address so that. So there's an overall. Okay, go ahead. By the way, bite me. Number one, <laughs> I mean it as a compliment. <laughs> so what I, with Norman Rockwell, I, I got tired of people saying I was dysfunctional. I My mean, dude, your family screwed up, and I but, and I realized that I could handle anything those people couldn't. Like if they're if they're if one of their family members got arrested. It, to them, it was like the end of the world. If my, one of my family gets arrested, it's just Thursday. So I just, I was, I realized that dysfunctional people can handle anything. So that was to try to change that word. Second special was to make people feel better after nine eleven. I always pick something. The new special is like I want to bring the right. country together. Okay, so
0: let's talk about that. So I always
1: pick. I I can't just do fifty six random bits. I
0: think this is great. Yeah, I understand. I don't know why so many people would choose to when they can do what you're doing. It almost seems. I'm not saying I'm not calling what you do easy by any stretch, but easier. To to give yourself an overarching roadmap of what I'm trying to accomplish, yeah, so you're I gonna like go, to try, okay, like, shower uh, tiles, oh boy, okay, what else we got here? <laughs> exactly. toothpaste
1: is pretty fucking weird. <laughs> exactly, right, exactly. You ever try to fix a lug nut? You know, yeah, I get it. No, I, and that's and and that's what I talk about growing a tumor on my soul before I before I found Norman Rockaway, before I changed my entire act and threw all the material out, I. I, I call it growing a tumor on my soul i wasn 't happy doing comedy. I was funny, I could do it, mm-hmm. but i wasn 't happy doing comedy about nothing and it 's not and by the way let 's be clear funny first this don 't make it any more important than it is funny first, but the bonus is okay, so love is evil love is evil I, my my ex wife cheated on me and I found out on a Friday. I was in Dallas working the Dallas Improv, so the Addison Improv, and I found out on like three o'clock that afternoon. So now I have to go on stage at the 7.30 show, and then I have to do a 9.30 show, and uh, I was so gutted on the 7.30 show. I barely, I usually do 90 minutes, I did 45 minutes. I walk off stage, the, the wait staff looking at me like I just basically stabbed them, because they don't, check checks out and anything, and I realized that, and I, I went back on stage and I finished the show and i was going to kill myself between shows i thought what a cool way to like fucking make your mark you know, and How are you gonna do it? I don't know. I thought I was in Texas. I thought I'm gonna find a gun because it's Texas. There's gonna be a gun in a drawer. When in Rome, yeah, right, exactly. And there wasn't. And uh, then I actually had one point. There was a. It was because it, it, it's not really green room. There's like there's like a couch, and then there's a desk where they do the business. And there was a letter opener. And I thought if I just take it to my I could, and I started thinking. And I heard I, this is the first time. I'm not a big metaphysical guy. I'm not a big uh, uh, believer in the other world. But this is the first time, and I don't know if it's just because he programmed me, but I actually heard my dad's voice in the middle of that say, "Get up." up and do your job you fucking pussy and that that's and that's you know i talked to me so i said it had to be my dad yes yeah this is that is like a negative superman so here's what happened i got up i did the second show and i started talking about i first 10 minutes i ranted and screamed about what had just happened that afternoon and that's when i'm in the audience they were shocked and they went nuts when i finished and so that show, I said, okay, there's a show there. And I I wanted to prove instead of just ripping my cuz that entire show could have been just ripping my ex-wife. Instead, I want I wanted to prove that love is possible. No matter how bad things get, don't don't get that don't don't try to kill yourself between shows. Love is possible. So, I pick I always pick a theme. Funny first. Got to be funny first. You can't, you can't preach. If you preach, you're just an idiot. And, you, and, and, and that's another thing. The, it's, the audience won't buy that either. Funny first, hard, funny, cut to it. The bonus of that is, I did that show. They aired, I asked Comedy Central to air it on Valentine's Day, which they did, which I thought was great. That was nice of them? Yeah. It's called Love is Evil, E-V-O-L. And... uh uh, and then three months later, I'm at this. I'm in Sacramento, and this kid comes up to me. And He's like 24. He's shaking my hand. Crazy. He's crazy fan. He's crazy fan. Which you know, you get them, and they're great. And and uh, and he goes and he goes. He hands. It, he goes. Here's a letter I wrote you. And I said, Do "You want me to read it now?" And he said, "No." And I thought, "Oh, great. Anthrax. Yeah, I'm gonna open this. I'm gonna die." I'm thinking more like Stan, the Eminem song. Uh, yeah. Right. Exactly. A little bit. It was a little bit like that, uh, but in a good way. So he. So I get ready for the next show, and I'm I'm kind of backstage, and I read the letter, and the letter says. Um, Titus uh three uh th- on 3 months before Valentine's Day I w- uh on Valentine's Day I was going to propose to my to to my girlfriend 3 months before that she broke up with me in that time I lost my job um I lost my house and I had to be back back to my parents house I was living in their basement and I decided on Valentine's Day to kill myself I keep this in my nightstand by the way he go- uh, just because whenever my uh, I get arrogant like I was in the 3rd year of my fox show I I read it and go oh that's what you do you're not yeah. and he goes uh he goes I was going to kill myself, Valentine's Day. I was downstairs. I had a gun in front of me. I had a bottle of wild turkey in front of me. I started drinking, and I'd sat on the remote, and the night before I'd been watching South Park, and it turned on the TV, and your special had just started. He goes, I started drinking. I started crying. I started laughing. started crying again. started laughing, and I realized if you can get through that, I don't have to kill myself and that's the bonus you know funny first but that's the bonus that's more validation than most comedians will ever get yeah but if you, even
0: the most successful ones
1: yeah well I'm not the I'm not the most successful one by a long shot by a long shot but you know I keep moving forward I mean you know, the new movies coming out the new movies you know again what's the movie about well I have a bunch of friends that are disabled actors and they don't get a shot although Hollywood talks really well about them we mm-hmm. love the disabled but they put them in a Hallmark movie or or they're the sage Yoda guy in a wheelchair which is some that's, that's just as much bullshit as, yes. as, as, as making fun of them you know calling them Retarded, so disabled people have more to offer us than wisdom. Yes, they, yeah, yeah, they do. And so, and they're also, and some of them are d- total. They're they're jerks, and they're funny, and they're sarcastic. And uh, my buddy Mike has got cerebral palsy. D- damn, he's the biggest a hole. My God, Michael at Ronan he does stuff to me in public that I, that t- just to make everyone else think that I'm the total uh, asshole. So and so, I wrote this movie. Where basically, due to the Fairness and Disabilities Act, the LAPD has to hire four handicapped undercover detectives, and I play Nick Nolte's Mugshot. I play by far the worst cop in Los Angeles. I see. And I'm drunk, and I'm an idiot, and I get assigned these four people, and we used real disabled actors. And it is balls-out funny and scares the hell out of everybody that watches it. Uh, uh,
0: Special it. Unit is the name of that movie. When
1: does that come uh, out? We just, we just finished it. We just did the <clears throat> Richmond Film Festival. <clears throat> uh, I saw the trailer. We, we killed it. What do you think of the trailer? Yeah, it looks great. Yeah, it looks like a real movie, too. Um, it does look like a, uh, an actual uh, motion picture. It, 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 no, you know, sometimes independent films don't look like real right. movies. Right. And it's but here's the funny thing: anybody who's disabled or work with disability, we were at the we were at the Richmond Film Festival, and there was a guy that was worked with Special Olympics, and he came specifically to hate the movie. He came specifically to actually be pissed. He, sure, well, and I could see how he might suspect that something course. would be offensive about for, this movie. Especially from me? Yeah, mm-hmm. so come to the movie, get done with the movie, and he said that. We already did a question and answer, and he goes, uh, he goes, I want you to know, man, for the first 10 minutes I was angry, then I realized what you guys are doing, he goes, I want to get everybody in my organization to, I want to have a screening of this movie, because at the end of the day, I just proved that disabled people are just like everybody else. And and so even when I write a movie I have to pick what's it about. There's another movie I wrote called Curly and Moe that we're going to do next year, which is I want to I want to change racism in the country. So, you know, pick an idea big enough for everyone to jump on. Now, mm-hmm. does it sound obnoxious? Yeah. Oh, totally. Totally. Who the hell does this guy think he is? But if you don't pick something that big, if you pick something small, your things are going to be small. If you pick something big, go for it. You may never reach that level. Yep. You know, I ain't Martin Luther King, but,
0: but if you if you fall short of a humongous goal, you've
1: still gotten pretty far. You got pretty hopefully. far, right? 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 right. 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 So, well, what? God, what I'm you, bored of I'm bored of myself in this interview. Racism? <laughs> I'm having a great time.
0: Uh, racism? How how do you want
1: to change the dialogue about that? What do you see as being wrong? Well, with Well, there's the a dialogue? bit I did in this news show about my daughter. I had to teach my daughter about racism, and and it was interesting because we were watching we were watching TV. I make my kids watch uh, the news with me. Because they don't get to play video games because they're never going to be attacked by a dragon in the real world. And so, let's hope. Yeah. Well, no, it doesn't happen. It's not real. They're not real. Relax. Uh, so, we're watching the news, and it happened to be this happened. And the thing with kids is you have to be on them all the time, you always have to be teaching them. It was the Ferguson riots we're on. Mm-hmm. Sorry, it was the Baltimore riots. Sorry. Who can keep them straight? No, sorry. It was the guy in New Jersey who got choked out because he was selling cigarettes. No, wait. No, no. It was the, it was the Baton Rouge. No, it was. Mm. All I remember is some black yes. people were getting soul raped by bullets. That's all I remember. And so <laughs> I'm doing, we're watching it, and my daughter just innocently turns to me and she goes, Dad. Why are black people so angry? And it started a two-hour discussion about racism and and five hundred years of you know the weird thing about that is I gave her five hundred years of history, and it was still happening on TV in front of me. And this bit's in Born with a Defect. You can go to ChristopherTitus.com and download it now before it airs. Um, but Born with a Defect, I I tell this whole story about it, it, it teaching. I take my daughter. My daughter was a little white privileged white kid. At one point. She goes, I go, and, I go in the, and they never got paid, too. They were slave years, and they never got paid. They were promised to, but they never got paid. My daughter, who was going to private schools her whole life, goes, why didn't they hire a lawyer and file a class action suit? Wow. <laughs> was Raised like, in Los Angeles? Uh, yes. I was like, oh, no. <laughs> I, how, I how made has, a large mistake. As someone who was raising
0: a child in Los Angeles, uh, how has it lived up to and not lived up to the expectations and fears you would have for not being from L.A. but raising kids here? Uh, Are your kids more L.A. than you would have hoped?
1: No, no, We don't, I didn't let them. I didn't let them. I was, right. you know, I, I find that the, the bullshit of show business bothers me, you know. I, it's a business where that is run by a bunch of people most of the time. I mean, most of the people that, that will give, would give me notes on jokes had never told a joke, been on stage, or written a script. And they would come in, and, you know, Titus, they would come in, and they'd sit down and go, here's what I think. And I would go. Well, what did you major? In? Well, I was. I'm an attorney, and I got a job doing being a creative consultant. Blah blah blah. I'm like, well, so why are you telling me what's funny and what's not? And that's that's the problem with being a stand up because it, you're you're by yourself the whole time writing, directing, producing every night on the stage. Whether you're doing an open mic or whether you're doing a four thousand seat theater, it doesn't matter. You that's your you are you are all of it. And it created something in me that is probably a, more of a problem than not. Is that like? But I have another. But I'm not stupid because Peter Farrelly got involved in the movie. And
0: cool. The Farrelly Brothers, yeah. dumb, and, uh, dumb and Dumber. Yeah, and... he got
1: involved in the movie because he's got a lot of friends that are disabled and he puts a lot of disabled actors. He's one of the only people that really puts disabled people in movies that and gives them a real shot, it gives them a real, gets them to be funny. So... I got it just out of the blue. I got a call from Peter Fairley. So I don't listen to it. Like if you're an executive and you've never done anything and you're going to tell me what's funny and what's not, I have a big problem with that. The best executives I've ever worked with, Doug Herzog, uh, John Landgraf, um, there's more than that too. That that They just went, hey, hey, that's funny. Keep doing that. And the only time they get involved is when it's not working. Then they come and they go, hey, and they, and they don't go, here's what I think. They go, it's not working, here's the problems, right. fix those problems. Either you're right or you're wrong. Right. And if you're
0: wrong, well, you, you can use the creativity that got you here in the first place to write right. the ship.
1: Right, and so I had a like, but in, in a perfect example. We did an episode of Titus where uh, my dad. It was based on a true story. My dad. My dad had a bunch of heart attacks. I took him to the Bahamas with me to do a gig, and he and my and it, we weren't. He was just gambling. He wasn't hanging out with me. And I called my wife at that moment. I'm like, he won't hang out. with me. she goes, go hang out with him then. Whatever he does, you hang out with him. So I'm sitting at the blackjack table with him for three hands, and he goes, get away from me. You're bad luck. <laughs> <laughs> so it was based on that true story. So. We wrote in the script that my dad has a heart attack. At the, he won't leave. He's having a heart attack, but he's on a winning streak, and his arms going numb, and he and he won't leave. He just keeps playing. Well, you and can it, see his conundrum, right? Exactly, right? He's winning big, but he's dying. He dies at the, he falls off the chair. He dies has a heart attack. So here we write this scene where he goes into the white light. He's going through time and space. He gets to the pearly gates. They turn all the lights off and won't let him in. He's banging on the door, and you you, you hear your piano go, bing, and you go, Jesus, sorry. It's like we're doing all this religious stuff. And I know when we have the meeting after rehearsal with the network in the studio, they're going to be pissed because we got notes all the time. They're going to say, you can't do religious stuff. So I'm waiting, man. I'm just sitting in the room, and I'm like, oh, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go, here we go. And one of the guys goes, um, it's the Bahamas, right? Yeah. So if Cynthia Watcher's going to be wearing a bikini, and we all kind of perked up like, what? And he goes, yeah, bikini. So we want to go – We want. I want standards to look at it because we want to go as sexy as we can, as skimpy as we can, and, and not cross the line. So make sure I get that – Get. I'm actually bring the bikini to my office. I want to look at the bikini. Yes. And that's that's how show business works sometimes. A lot right. of the it's, time, it's 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 fickle
0: and inconsistent. They weren't caring. Sometimes you wake up the sleeping dog, and sometimes <laughs> the sleeping dog is awake when you
1: get there. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but okay. They <laughs> they 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 had actually we'd done all this religious imagery that was really going to piss people off, or not, you know? I mean, and didn't cover the other religions at all, uh, and then made fun of the religion that we were doing, currently representing. And they worried about the skimpy bikini. Right, and that's when that was the day I realized you people don't know anything. If all those executives and all those tests audiences worked, then there'd be 14 shows on television and they would all be perfect and they would have millions of viewers every night, but they don't. They don't know. So you were saying that
0: you feel like um, your daughter is unaffected by growing up in this... In,
1: in this, I don't milieu, let her be. A, she's a singer. Here's how. Here's how unaffected she is. So <laughs> she's a singer. She's a really good singer. And she started writing songs when she's 15. I played Everlast as a friend of mine. Everlast did the music in the movie. I noticed that. Yeah. Yeah. And, he's uh, a friend of. Uh, I'm on the Jason Ellis show. Um, this, that, is which it, is the studio that we're in right now. Oh, yeah, he's, he's a, a friend of the show. He's a good dude. Good dude. And he took on the movie for me. And, uh, and he and he gave us music for the movie. And he, and I played him one of her songs. This song she wrote called "Coffee Stand." And he said, uh, he just said, he said, "Yo, man." He goes, I would record that. He goes, "That's good. That's a, he." First, he looked at me like, "Oh, he's gonna play his kid's song." And then I played it for, him. and he went, "Wow." He goes, "I'll produce that. You want me to produce that? I'll produce it. That's a damn good song." And I and and I told my daughter that, and my and she was she went, "Yeah, I know, Dad." But she goes to like this really like upper school, and she's and all the kids are like, like Miley Cyrus went there, and she says. I know, Dad, but everybody wants to be a singer she goes, I probably couldn't do it. So, not only is she not affected, I've actually sucked it out of her so bad that she has no hope.
0: Oh wow, broke so, her spirit.
1: That's what you know. That's what you got to do. You hear that these kids nowadays
0: are a little too high on themselves. I am glad you've counteracted that phenomenon. So, do you? You seem like a mildly surprised that you have uh, you're that you are a father. You seem... I, I'm under the impression at least in your new tour and forthcoming special that you talk about why um, not having children is oh, yeah. the wiser move.
1: Yeah, but you can't talk about not having kids until you have kids. You know, like I say Born of the Defect again, which is yeah, com. you'll get it right now. Uh, it is... Uh, I keep whoring the show. Cause I'm good at that, How right? It? Um, it seems to come very naturally. I say in the show, I said, if you're a parent, it's a therapy. If you don't have kids, it's 90 minutes of birth control. Uh, because at one point, you have to realize that kids don't care about you at all. They don't care in the least, you know? I, 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 be clear, when, did, I, when did you realize? Because I mean, my, my, be, my
0: kid cares deeply about me currently, but you're he's, lying. But he, you but he's are, five.
1: You're blind. You're blind. You don't even know. He doesn't. You just. You're just the guy shows. he. You're fine. If he. You're lying. He doesn't get it yet. Trust me. It's all gonna fade. I know it is. But it's when is, when, going when is that
0: gonna go? Away? I take your word for it. But because right now he does. He actually is. Pre, he, he's, a, he's a fan of mine. Yeah. But th- I know that that will. So ten. You think? About ten. About ten. It starts to fade. But then it comes down. back.
1: Fifteen. Fifteen. Sixteen. Seventeen. It's gonna go away. Yeah. Oh, I'm looking forward to a break. Twenty-three to twenty. Twenty three, and then about twenty seven, they go, man, all that crap dad told me worked out. Man. You've, you've really, you're really deluding yourself. That you just, you're just the guy that shows up and gets puts food in his belly. That's what, yeah, right. Well, he is, de- <laughs> he
0: is dependent on me, so he knows which side his bread is buttered on. Don't huh? get me wrong, I love my kids because I hate jail. <laughs> There's that too. <laughs> you know, I saw an article that I thought was interesting because I'm, I'm really, I find it fascinating that we all know that. Monogamy is 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 a uh, and and marriage and you know nuclear families and all that is a flawed uh, institution yeah it but work. it, it yeah. but it's like the best thing that we've got. I think that marriage. I am pro marriage. I am pro. If you child. find
1: the like, my first marriage was, uh, you know, I, well, you know, my, I, I the joke I do is I, I, I have two kids. I stopped at two kids because my ex-wife's vagina was busy elsewhere. It had a guest list and I wasn't on it. Mm, I see. <laughs> yeah. So there is this new phenomenon that I've become
0: aware of of people who choose to have children together adults who choose to have children together without having any pretense of a romantic relationship right and i wonder and there are i mean you call them dating sites except that they're not dating right there are arranging sites where like-minded individuals can say we both want to have a kid but we are not really interested in and i I guess how long have you been married i have been married well my kid is five so about
1: five and a half years wow so you had a kid, hat, like right in. We were engaged when my wife got pregnant. How, okay, so I, I have this theory, and mm-hmm. I do it, and, I, and born with the diva. I gotta talk about it. Great. How long did you know each other before you got married? We're about five and five at this point. That's good. You're in the window. Yeah. These people that get married in two years, and it's like, oh my god, we knew each other eighteen months, and we just did it. Really? Did you really risk it that hard? Why don't you go to Vegas, put everything on red, too? Nice job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's no rush. There's absolutely no rush until you're ready to have children. There's no rush whatsoever. Right. Um, I think that uh, I think that kids are. I was kind of, I was kind of, and I love my kids. I mean, I do; they're great kids. But, but I was kind of pushed into it. My my ex said to me, "She said, if we don't have kids, I'm leaving you." And uh, you know, and you know, as a man, it's how how easy is that to finish? That okay, all right, <laughs> here we go. Yeah, I think that's how a lot of children happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then the second one, same thing. She, she, she I was threatened into into fatherhood. Um, And now, as a father, I threaten. So, it it worked out. Ah, the tender trap. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh,
0: I always um, tell guests that we don't do politics on the show, and then inevitably we end up talking about politics. There's a political element to what you have been doing. The new show, yeah.
1: And Okay. And it has to be. Look, yeah. I haven't done... Okay. I did politics. I did Fifth Annual End of the World was politics. I did, uh, I did. Uh, you know, I did Arm the Children, and, and uh, Neverlution was all about our country coming apart, and Obama and how everybody it came apart. And it, so I've done it before. This time specifically, we are in such a nightmare. I mean, it, it, what bothers me the most is that America split up. You know, half of us wanted half. half of us wanted an arrogant pantsuit-wearing robot. I call her She-3PO, you know. I mean, you know, she was wearing square jackets. Was she running as Lego Hillary? What were the outfits she was wearing? She's like O'Hare. Yeah, I know. My god. Her haircut matches Bannon's. Did you see until she changed it? Her and it's the same <laughs> side. Yeah, no her kidding. And Steve Bannon had the same freaking haircut. It's they're the same side of the same coin. Uh of the different coin, a uh, different side of the same coin. And then you got this other guy, this this radical delusional orange rodeo clown and we started arguing about that. We didn't see the absurdity of it. We to took take it. a step back and to yeah, be and so like, "We really." Ridiculous. I mean,
0: South Park pretty much just just ran back the whole as a turd sandwich and giant yeah. douche. Yeah, right. And it was never more. It, it was. It was a Apropos. funny. It was a funny joke three elections
1: ago. Right. And yet, it's never been more true. So I started doing that, and uh, and I, and I make sure I go after everybody at first. But then again, he won. So so what happened? What, what happened in New York was I'm doing the show and it's killing. I do like 45 minutes, uh, and then this one guy who Trump guy. I just lost it, and and he just lost it on me, and and you know, and and they started to throw them out, and I said, stop, don't throw them out. Why? I go, because it's we. I said, I've I've just been preaching about it's we, it's not us and them, because they. I always say they, they, the people that the powers that be, and Carlin talked about it. They, well, they made everyone believe it's us and them. Instead of we, because if we got together, they are screwed. And if once they realize they're screwed, they're going to invent a new them. That's what's going to happen, probably from a brown country. And that and then well, they gonna, did. I mean, the Cold War ended, and, and Al Qaeda was our biggest, there our number one go. enemy. Twelve months later, right. So we have a new them that we have to. So then, so so then we would get mad about what we think about them, and then we split up into us and them again, and they run shit again. Is this is already a Carlin thing. No, I'm. This is the bit I wrote. I'm doing. Uh, this, the bit is, I this, is, this is terrific. Yeah, I was yeah. hoping you were going to say that. Yeah, this is the bit. That's this in the is show. Car- Carlin-esque. Yeah, this is the bit I wrote. Yeah, he, that's another thing. You got to learn about words, man. And uh, and I'm and I and I wasn't a good student. I I learned this all after school. I, I I didn't graduate high school. I was let go. They just they just I was laid off from my senior year. They're like, yeah, no, you're done here. We're going in a different direction. Yeah. Well, I went to I, I ran. I lived with my mom down here, and I went to Burbank Junior High, and they literally California public schools just kept moving me along. I I was a DF student. I got three F's, and I'm like, guys, I'll be here next year. Oh no, you're going. In ninth grade, <laughs> nine's the number after eight. That's how I was. So I, I so I wrote this bit, and this guy finally just snaps, and he just goes, "You know what? I'm tired of hearing this. You made fun of Hillary earlier. Now you're just making fun of Trump." And I went, "Hey, dude, you won." And I go, "I'm not saying I, his first press conference is a one man show. Like literally, piece of uranium. Uranium is bad. Uranium. I'm, you know what I'm talking about here? Nuclear weapons. Uranium, uh, amongst other things. And it's also. And here's the thing." Our president shouldn't sound like a third grader who didn't do his book report and now has to say it live to the class. Well, about about
0: the way that he uh, carries himself, because I actually brought up a humongous subject and realize we're totally out of time. Are you aware? Does everybody know this except for me that um, shortly after the inauguration, the the editors of Psychology Today published (laughs) an editorial that said, in our professional opinion... The president is insane.
1: (laughs) Yes, I did read it. And
0: then 25,000, that last count, mental health professionals signed essentially a petition saying, yes, we all agree it's a very dangerous thing to diagnose people you have not interviewed one on one. That having been said, that is an insane person. Yes. In the opinion yeah. of our nation's mental health community, our
1: president is dangerously insane. There you go. There you go. So you've, you've said it clearly. Get, here's my favorite, my the funniest thing he's ever done in we'll End of Here. He mm-hmm. said, I am the least anti-Semitic person you've ever met. Okay, first of all, least anti. I don't let me. You're anti or you're pro. There's no least anti. I we kept again like waiting for the universe to collapse in on itself in a time space continuum, right. to, to, and explode the planet, right. And I know L.A. sells dead, but yeah, he's probably got some competition. The, you're the least anti. The problem is, I, we know what he meant, right? Right. He's the least anti. The problem is, he's standing next to Benjamin Netanyahu, who's the president of the Jews. You're the least anti. The dude next to you is spinning a dreidel while you're talking.
0: He's their leader. Yeah, they voted. <laughs> I, they voted him in. I, uh,
1: they, there's more. Even even Steve Bannon just put his face in his hand and went, "Oh crap! Holy shit! Really?" So, and that and that's happening on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. That's happening. You can not have 70 mistakes in in 53 days. No, the only people happy are Lindsay Lohan and Charlie Shane.
0: Yeah, this show will be running for another another four years. It would appear, at least.
1: No, no, he's gonna. Uh, that's why I'm running for president. Come to my show uh, uh, this week. We're doing uh, uh, we're doing Minneapolis. We're doing uh, uh, Iowa City, Peoria. Come to the show. Uh, you will feel better about the election. I promise.
0: You're at Titus what? Nation on Twitter. You're ChristopherTitus.com. You got uh, you can get all seven specials at ChristopherTitus.com, Yeah, I saw that. I saw. And the movie's that. coming
1: out this year. Beautiful. Thank you, you very much, Benny. Dude, thanks, man.